This is Slashers, a podcast about movies and more for those who love horror. Suck it, Chad. I got my own intro right. My name is Jake, and as you might have gathered, I'm joined by Chad, producer Chad. How you doing, bud? Fantastic. I'm very excited because I only took six pages of notes because this is your Diamond Dogs debut. You get to show off what we pay you the big bucks for because you're presenting <laughs> on Yokai. Let's not talk it up that much. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> you get what you pay for, and I think our Patreon speaks for itself. <laughs> no, I'm just happy to get this stuff out of my brain. There's so much there. So much history. Yeah, when you had mentioned it, I really thought that this episode was going to be you know, very, very niche subgenre, very specific, maybe 20 or 30, not 20 or 30,000 different things. <laughs> yes, I agree. It's absolutely insane when anything could be a yokai, literally anything. And everything is at a certain point. Right. Basically, there's a timetable on everything. What I've seen, the timetable changes a little bit, but if you have a possession that gets to be 99 years old, it becomes anthropomorphic and starts running around. So literally everything from your wife's vibrator to your beard balm is going to be sentient and run around generally with just one leg, one eye, and a big wooden sandal on. Yeah. That's what the art <laughs> seems to suggest to me. Uh, yeah. It's very weird. I, I even saw, yeah, some that said it didn't matter how long. It was just if it just said a long time. Yeah. And then they start to hate you. <laughs> It's crazy because everybody makes the stereotype that Asians are good at math, but I kept seeing a hundred change from like five years to a million years in doing my research. It's bizarre. It's very bizarre. But what I researched was that a hundred translates here to like a specific number, but a hundred, I guess over there. And I have no clue if this is true, but it just sounded like the way that they're pushing it is that a hundred just means a lot over there. What does your blood tell you? Because you are a quarter Japanese. Yes. Um... Hmm. It means a lot. <laughs> was your whole Christian slapping in the face seven times seven or whatever? That's that kind of I thing? I think so. Okay. And I will apologize. Although my blood may partially be Japanese, my tongue is very American. So I will mispronounce every single word. Super Anglo. This. Yes. <laughs> we'll forgive you for that, I guess. And this is always what was interesting me with, you know, this type of subject. You know, Japan, I am partially Japanese and I've never had a... I don't know, culture <laughs> other than like just being American. I don't think know? Americans have a culture. I mean, we've just kind of stolen everything. You know, people want to talk about like hamburgers being all oh, good old fashioned American food. Right. German. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, my dad's half Mexican, half Japanese. So I never knew. I don't know. We don't really follow either traditions. And then my mom's just a mixture of giant white, I don't know, conquerors. So who knows? But just your dad, I mean, in terms of pro wrestling lineage, that's a pretty great huh? credential. Right. Because I think that my hierarchy of favorite styles of professional wrestling, Japanese, Mexican, and then American. Oh, all right. Oh, yeah. Lucha. Like, Lucha was what really got me into it. Like, I remember seeing, like, Rey Mysterio, La Parca, and Psychosis and be like, what? And then you find <laughs> Japanese wrestling and you're like, what the ever-loving fuck? Like, Jushin Liger, for example, blew my mind as a kid. <laughs> that's everything with Japanese like anything it's so insane because you're you look at them from afar and you're like oh they're so proper and they're so uh, nice and calm and 
then you get into like the stuff that they like and do and you're just like whoa you guys are crazy yeah all freaks (laughs) put your business back in your pants yeah very strange i was talking to my wife i go to the chinese market near our house which obviously i mean has different asian foods and stuff and i could totally see myself being I don't know if it's racist to say weeboo, but I could totally see being like the white guy who's like, oh, I'm totally pretending to be Asian because all this shit is awesome. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like, I'm very phobic of trying out anime shit because I'm like, I'm honestly kind of afraid I'll love it and just be that weird guy forever. For this episode, I did watch half of an episode of Yokai Watch. It was delightful. And like, <laughs> I totally got it. You know? Yeah. And I think that's where I fall. I'm so weirdly mixed that if I go like full Japanese, I think Japanese people be like, oh, you're not Japanese. And I'm like, I know I'm a quarter, but you know, my grandmother is full Japanese and we still visit them and do stuff like, you know, some of their traditions. But yeah, I don't know. I've always felt that way too. Cause I actually like anime, but I didn't want to like dive all in being yeah. like, no, I am Japanese. I am full, you know, full in there. You'd only see too many fat guys with the katana cutting into like two liter bottles before you're like, all right, fuck this. Exactly. Fuck that. <laughs> Well, like, I also grew up with, you know, you, we have had good discussions about my love of Stan Sakai, Usagi Yojimbo, Ninja Turtles, martial arts. I mean, I've, I've practiced all of the key martial arts at some point in my life. And I mean, I love that. It's just so frustrating to me that like, it is a trope at this point. Yes. I'm excited to get into this. So I don't want to detract too much. I'm going to kind of pepper you with questions throughout. So basically, where do we start on yokai? which is a catch-all term. Exactly, and that's probably where we can start. So yokai in Japan, it just kind of means anything paranormal. D, all of the above. Yes. There you go. So you can loop in, you know, supernatural. It's stuff that, you know, from generations of folklore kind of falls into it. So you got demons, ghosts, goblins, fairies, pretty much anything. Leprechauns. Yep. Leprosy. Yes. Okay. There are even yokai diseases. Wow. Yeah. That's so, cool. So it's 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 wide ranging. Honestly, didn't know that one. That's a cool. feeling and sounds could also be a yokai. That's awesome. Yes. So there's like a famous like painting that a guy's like washing some beans or something and the sound of it ends up being like a painted yokai. And you're like, what? This is strange. That's interesting. But I mean, this also comes from a, like, a culture where there's characters for very specific things, you know? Right. You're, the word is its own entity. Yes. So I think that's very kind of, I don't want to say beautiful and sound pretentious, but you know what I mean? Like, it's very different than the Western would look at. Right. Correct. Yeah. So if you go from there, like the origin kind of goes, they have an origin story. It's very long and kind of weird. It kind of parallels a lot of like Greek mythology, which is interesting. But basically, one of like their gods goes down to their version of hell and comes up and to like clean himself, he takes like a bath and all the water that falls off of him onto the ground ends up imbuing the world with magical power. Dope. Yeah. And so then that power... That's very mythology too because Odin, like people come out of his armpit. Yeah. It's hot. Right. (laughs) Sorry to cut you off. It's better than the chode, you know. Ah, well, we have a chode yokai that we will get into bizarre yes but keep going sorry but anyway that water hits the ground and it says it talks about like the water hitting mountains and rivers and uh, volcanoes and giving the power or essence of magical essence and then over time they get kind of feelings like they get collective and then feelings start happening and when they get angry it ends up being like a volcano stuff like that super cool so yeah strange and then from there 
you know, you get a lot of the Japanese developing into animism. Yes. Which is pretty much everything has some sort of spirit or soul. It's slightly different than just making something anthropomorphic. Anthropomorphic right. means that it's a human characteristic. Animism just means that it's in some form alive. Yes. So your like, great distinction would be, I guess, like think of Harry Potter, right? The Whomping Willow, the way that the Book of Monsters is a book that's actually a monster, those kinds of things. Like the idea of magic imbuing everything. Because one of my right. favorite yokai that we stumbled on is the umbrella. Right. Literally a dejected umbrella that is disused and disregarded sprouts an eye, a mouth with a giant long tongue, and a leg, and it hops around and chases people and tricks them into picking it up, and then it's like, blah, 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 yeah, because one person just didn't use their umbrella anymore. <laughs> yes. Which, I mean, that's the best revenge story I've ever heard. Fuck Taken. <laughs> and there are several that are like that. Oh, that's the majority. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm, gonna, I'm going to wrong everybody else because someone wronged me is the, by and large, the huge impression I got from Yokai. Correct. So even inanimate objects, even natural phenomenon that cannot be explained to them at their time, even with science. Okay, cool. I so, like that. Very strange. Well, because that's one thing that I thought was really interesting. I, I read a few, being Jake, of course, I read at least one book for this. I w listened to some d interviews and watched a couple documentaries on, online. And one of the things he was talking about was that he still thought that the presence of yokai was very important. Because even though we've explained things away uh, scientifically, the lack of emotion and empathy and mystery and intrigue was gone. May I regale you with a quote? Yes. From a Japanese physicist, Tarada Torihiko. The desire to understand yokai is at the heart of innovation because it creates interest in all kinds of fields, and this investigation never ends. The moment one mystery is solved, yokai assume different shapes, evolving right alongside humans and inspiring us to keep asking questions. I love that. It's, it reminds me so much of Roddy Roddy Piper. Just <laughs> when you think you got the answers, I change the questions. Because we have yokai that are based on fucking cell phones now and yes. things that are so modern that astronomically different than the people who originally conceived these things. Right. And even back then, it was if they needed a excuse or maybe not an excuse, an explanation for anything or even a warning, they would just fold a yokai into what they needed it to be. So they're constantly changing. Well, and it was a thing of honor for some people where right. they would blame a yokai for their poor behavior. Yes. And as a way of also showing it'll never happen again because it never happened before. It was a very one time thing because I was acted upon. Correct. Yeah. There's even currently people still use that, which is strange. I was like, wow, that's amazing. Hey, if I could blame it for a fart, I will. Right. Exactly. So going back to what we even talked about with objects gaining sentient, you know, kind of whatever you want to call that sentience sentience. <laughs> so there's a scroll going back to like the 13th century where it shows a bunch of just normal house objects that then sprout consciousness and start walking out and walking around getting mad that people are being using them and that they're being replaced. And it's kind of an interesting scroll weird to look at, but at the time that it is in history, people put it as this is the first time that the Japanese were able to use multiple tools and replace tools. So it's like a developmental stage. And since they thought everything could have like a spirit, they kind of felt bad about like replacing something where we're the complete opposite. Yes. So reading this, I was like, oh, this is very strange. We're like, throw it away, replace it. Oh, I could buy a better one or I could buy a pink one. 
What's also like a relatively modern phenomenon, even in America, where you, the idea of a repairman is a novelty. You right. only would really hire a repairman in terms of like a plumber or some huge fixture. But I mean, even if your dryer breaks, I mean, I remember telling people like I, I fixed the you know gas coil valve on my dryer and people were like, wait, why? Yeah. Why didn't you just buy a new one? I was like, because it was 20 fucking dollars on Amazon. Yep. But it's a completely different culture. Exactly. And I think it's honestly, it's it's very fascinating and it definitely shows pride and honor even things that aren't alive you still take pride as a reflection of yourself a reflection of your family of your status one of the things i saw was that people would take things that they even plan to replace yes and take it to a temple and they would do a ceremony to honor the thing so that it wouldn't have a vengeful spirit but then people collect those and donate it to charity yep so it still gets used. Yeah. So it's Salvation Army <laughs> with a bunch of cool mysticism. Yeah. That's so fucking rad. It still happens to this day. Love it. I can't imagine going and taking my vacuum to a temple and being like, oh, please do not come back and haunt me. <laughs> yeah. The only temple I'm taking that vacuum to is the fucking curb on Trash Day. I'll tell you that right exactly. now. <laughs> <laughs> so yokai goes all the way back to before they even wrote any of this down. They drew pictures of them sometimes. But then there was a really big boom in the 18th century. Can and I talk about the scrolls real quick? Oh, yeah. Go for it. So one of the things that's interesting about scrolls, you know, we just did Marvel Zombies the last couple of weeks. It's fascinating to me that the way that a scroll was meant to be unfurled was meant to be like a comic book. Yes. It was meant to evoke a sense of dynamism and project it out. Which is so rad, because when you look at them now, it's always a static image, right? You're looking right. at a picture on Google, you're looking at it in a museum, and it's just there. But the idea of rolling it out and seeing, let's say, like the procession of demons developing and going, or just acting upon a town, it's such an interesting idea. And this, I mean, there's even actually a really interesting book. I admittedly did not read the whole thing, because I don't <laughs> have that much free time. But it's called 12th Century Animation, and it was actually written by the co-founder of Studio Ghibli. Oh, wow. It talks about very specifically not only its impact on culture, but also art moving forward and whatnot. So, yeah, with the documentaries that I watched, there are some on YouTube even, but watching them unroll some of these old scrolls, you definitely get that feeling. They're so slow and they're kind of just presenting like each step throughout. And you're like, oh, wow, it's very timely, I guess, to like go through the whole story that way. And it's very cool. And they'll do different scroll, scroll to scroll. So, what I mean by that is like, the idea of the same characters, but in a different way. So it's almost like a next issue of the same comic book. Yeah. There are m multiple instances where, think about it this way. We describe uh, the Shirime, which is basically a man with an eye for a butthole and no face. Yep. The Real yokai. The consistency <laughs> of drawing that from different artists' perspectives, the fact that they would all kind of unify that central vision as if to pick up where the other left off, so interesting. Yeah. It's very much like your, you know, Pecos Bill, John Henry kind of, all right, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to further this thing, whether by word of mouth or in this case, art. Exactly. Cool. And so in the 18th century, there's a huge boom with Toriyame uh, Seiken. I don't know. I'm terrible at those. But yeah, he illustrated the Night Parade of 100 Demons. And it was just a big old book. Every page had a demon on it. And this pretty much sparked every artist around to then also start drawing yokai and it just exploded from there everyone drawn anything that they could think of to be a yokai and it gets crazy oh yeah i remember talking shit 
when uh, I don't remember which iteration of Pokemon it was, but it was a time where I decided, oh, Pokemon is definitely dead. Like I hadn't played it in a decade by that point, but there was a chandelier and a pile of garbage. And I was like, oh, clearly you're done. Like you've just run out of ideas. Then to read this, I was like, oh, I'm the asshole. Yep. I don't know this culture. I just have no perspective at all because this is actually probably more authentic than most of these other Pokemon, which is just a fucking butterfly. For yeah, example. or like a lizard walking around. Correct. Yeah. So from here, you got so many weird things. Just like you were mentioning Pokemon, there was an actual card game of yokai. So it was like the ancient, ancient Pokemon. So Pokemon isn't even original. It's like, oh, we can just modernize this. And oh, for sure. Yeah, but it was insane because I, you can Google it. You could see some of the cards. You could also Google the actual PDF version of the Demon Knights. Very interesting. Recommend it if you like art and weird ancient Japanese stuff. Nah, just kidding. <laughs> so it also sparked like a game that they used to play, which was the hundred scary stories where, again, hundred doesn't mean a hundred. Just means a lot of people hanging out. A bunch. A bunch where they each hold a lantern or candle and tell a story, a scary story. And after they were done telling it, they would blow out the candle or turn it off, whatever. And after every single person was finished, one of like the yokai would appear. Cool. Pretty cool. I really like that. Yeah. Real quick. Do you think that in Japan, it's called the Brady 100? <laughs> yes. Damn it. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's fine. I did listen to what you said about the lantern ceremony. Sure. I wasn't just waiting for my turn to use that awful sure. joke. Sure. I saw it in your eyes. You did. Just <laughs> but the lantern ceremony is cool. Yeah. I mean, just to think that they used to do it in ancient times, like ghost stories, like around a campfire, practically, it was interesting. Well, and also there's no it, TV. <laughs> it's also dark by that point. So you can have parents do stuff to like make it mystical. Right. Like, I remember people telling me lightning bolt, uh, lightning bugs rather were fairies. Yeah. You know, stuff like that to make the world like a beautiful and magical place. Exactly. It goes back to the uh, sage prophets, insane clown posse, fucking magnets. <laughs> how do they work? Right. I mean, how high are fucking standards? <laughs> I would have no idea about that. All right. It's amazing. <laughs> you need to Google it. Insane Clown Posse Magnets. Okay. <laughs> is it a full song or is it just like a quote? Oh, they're talking about miracles. <laughs> they're talking about like, why does Shaggy's son look just like Shaggy? <laughs> and you're like, it's genetics. But they're like, it's fucking miracles all the time. <laughs> and then his like big catch line is like, fucking magnets, how do they work? And I'm like, wait, are you fucking with me right now? <laughs> are you, is this a self-aware thing? Because it's presented in this like very pretentious, almost like Creed style music video. I'm not going to derail your yokai anymore. <laughs> Don't listen to me. This is awful. But you need Ooh. to Google it on your own time. Okay. Because next week you get a week off because you did all this research. Yeah. <laughs> but I expect a thorough reporting on the insane clown posse. <laughs> okay. So right after the Endo period, Japan started getting swept into like development, you know, modernization. And that... And to a certain extent, westernization. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So th they almost pretty much were killed off completely from their culture. 100%. Yeah. So right around like World War II the government was like almost ashamed of having believed in any of these. And so it was just one of those things that you just did not talk about at that time. It was antiquated. It was old exactly world. right. Yeah. But then there was a young man who developed a comic and you'll be better at pronouncing his name. Do you remember how, how to pronounce that? Mizuki Shiguro? Shiguro? Yeah. Shivari Mizuku who created the comic book where 
it's gone on for over 50 years, which is amazing, where it's a boy who's half yokai, half person, and he kind of delves in the world of both. Almost like a Dylan dog or an RIPD or a Hellboy, where it's yes. operating in a familiar way, but with a mystical situation. And he was inspired to create this comic. Uh, correct me if I'm stepping on your toes here, but he was in a battle in World War II. He was fleeing into the forest to survive. He was running and he hits he what he literally believes to be a wall, which is a yokai in this situation, which is an invisible wall. Some people associate it with like the endorphin dump of actual physical exercise, such as the quote unquote wall that you get in a marathon. Right. He literally thought of it an embodiment. He hits a physical wall and cannot proceed, takes a few steps back, lays down, falls asleep, wakes up in the sunlight and finds a fucking cliff. And he truly in his heart of hearts believes that a yokai consciously saved his life. So he dedicated his life to drawing a cartoon about a little boy and yokai. Yeah. That is adorable. It's awesome. It is fucking adorable. Yeah. Especially when at this time you do not talk about yokai. Yeah. So he spent all that time re-educating a younger generation about yokai. And making it fun. I mean, right. and also like, it's one of the things like the novelty of like, oh, hey, you know this really antiquated thing? What if we just modernized it? Like these things that are seemingly abandoned. I, I love it. It's absolutely fascinating to me. Right. And now if you even look at the culture of Japan, the amount of yokai that are around, it's everywhere. Oh, yeah. Absolutely everywhere from anime to like mascots, even big food companies use them as mascots. Even you could even say like Hello Kitty is kind of like a yokai. I read a very interesting thesis where like Hello Kitty, Pikachu, characters like Ultraman were all in their own unique way, while not intended to be yokai, in practice are treated as yokai. Right. Where it's emblematic of something greater, which kind of goes to Shintoism, which is not like, so the two main religions of Japan being Buddhism, Shintoism, Shintoism, just, uh, uh, you know creates some sense of identity for all things right then the yokai being a specific extrapolation from there but like you look at an image of hello kitty it is a static image it has no embodiment has no personification it starts off as a logo then ends up having other meaning right right like you see pikachu but then you don't really even get to play it until you buy the game and you do this stuff and so the sense of feeling it evokes from you, it almost goes to synesthesia, which I'll, is a completely different topic for another day. <laughs> but by and large, synesthesia is a cross-sensory of perception. So like, let's say the word slice, for example, the s sound has a very evocative sense of the actual motion of slicing, right? That's a very general example. But the idea being that we all agree that this semblance of colors, this organization of things evokes this feeling. And then you just take it further. So it's not just a feeling. It's a personification. It's an identity. It's a code of conduct. It's a complete fucking culture. It's amazing. Right. It's, yeah, it's very large. <laughs> yeah. That is what she said. Oh, did she? Not my wife. <laughs> my wife said, is that it? Uh, Get yeah. me a shitty bay <laughs> with his eye butthole right. waddling over here. So even a lot of like the main animes that are just super popular, like Death Note, is a direct like relation to yokai so the death god is an actual yokai awesome yeah which we'll get into one of or whatever type he is later but um so from here you kind of i at least kind of wanted just to branch off and kind of break them down into some sort of categories please so i kind of went with first is something that's kind of closest to our understanding which would be the yore which is basically like a ghost so the word yokai is if you break it down into two words, it's kanjai, 
which means faint or dim, and ray, like your your ray. I don't know. Very weird. And that part means like soul or spirit. Cool. So these are it's Hamlet's dad. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Basically, it's somebody who's been fucked. Like the greatest yes. example I saw was the plate counting ghost. Did you see? Have you read about this one? That one? No, I did not do the plate. She's like a servant girl who has a samurai dude, and she's trying to clean up his fucking house, and she breaks the plate. So he shames her, and literally she spends the rest of her life counting his plates to make sure that she doesn't break another one. <laughs> and she fucking kills people and stuff, but she doesn't kill that guy. Right. It's the weirdest thing in the world. Like, come on, where's your personal connection with your vengeance? Yes, it is very strange because most of them are all female. And even like I tried to look up, you know, things that would also be similar to like vampires. Again, almost all female. They're all like revenge stories of female, probably because they were so mistreated back then. Systematically for eons. Exactly. And that's not just talking about a husband to a wife, a son to a mother, a father to a daughter. (laughs) She's her own woman, (laughs) goddammit, and she deserves respect. (laughs) Granted, she's probably dead for a long time, but you know what I mean. (laughs) Yeah, so for the most part, those who did not receive like a proper funeral rites could not pass on and then they were stuck into like this purgatory or part like physical ethereal world. And that's kind of where all of these land, which is very similar to Argos. But these are also everywhere with horror movies. Hell yeah. So like The Grudge and The Ring are kind of, yeah, Yeah. considered these. So there's this guy, Matt Alt, who's a very profound, uh, he's an American guy who is, uh, his wife is Japanese. They translate a lot of books and they do a lot of study on yokai. Legitimate study too. It's not like a a joke. It's not like tongue in cheek. Literally talking about whether it's culture, mysticism, whatever. Right. Very Full professors for just yokai. Correct. And he was talking about having seen the first iteration of the Stephen King it adaptation the 2017 one and talking about how pennywise when he's coming out of the fucking refrigerator is basically the girl from the ring yeah and talking about how it's expanding so much so and at first i was like i don't know i think it's just because it's creepy i was like, well to be fair before the ring came out they already had a pennywise and that one sure as shit didn't do that right so there is some validity to it i legitimately think so yeah, I totally agree. So one of the first things... I agree with the fact that you agree with me. How about that, Chad? <laughs> Let's keep agreeing and move on. Okay. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> so one of the first stories I found out are things that I found related to like the Ure were in the Indo period again in like the 1603 uh, when a Ure was painted by Moriyama Okyo. Yeah, there. There you go. Google that. but it was like the first painting where he did paint her with like super pale white skin again if you look at the ring super black long hair you would kind of get the feeling that that's like the person that they're painting oh hell yeah a big white like i don't know coat whatever yeah and that's basically i guess the funeral dressings so someone who also did not get to receive like normal burial rites. Yeah. And you get the the Roku Rokubi, which is the long neck woman. You've seen the earth spider that has a woman's head. Yes. Right? Do you remember Monster Squad, my favorite movie yeah. of all time? I'm crowbarring it into this episode, Chad. Yeah, Pucker I, your butthole. I know, because it's going to be in every episode. Spider with human head. <laughs> right? Yep. It was a yokai the whole time. <laughs> the most worldly film of all time. It's the only one you need in your collection. <laughs> Keep going, Chad. All right. Sorry. No problem. I just saw it and I was like, oh my God, it's amazing. <laughs> so this artist did this painting. Uh, it's said to have been of a of a mistress in a geisha house. She died young and 
the painter mourned her death. And one night uh, her spirit came to him in a dream and he was unable to get her out of his mind. And so that's how this painting came out. It's just super cool. Yeah. So from here, you could even, again, break up the URA even farther into like specific subcategories. So you have like the on, onro, onrio. onro, which is um, a ghost that would appear as they were buried. So it could be, you know, mangled or whatever. And their purpose were vengeance. And most of them will be vengeance. But they all, I guess these are just subcategories of how they appear to you. Okay. Which is different. So this one, yeah, would be most feared of all Yore. And they arise when people die with strong, violent or feelings of anger or torture. And they come back to just torture the person that offended them. Well, that's your personalized vengeance. I like this one right. best. Yes. And it's the most feared. So because it's very direct and stuff. And this is also where kind of the character of the grunge comes from. Grudge. Grudge. There you go. Grunge would be Kurt Cobain. Yeah. Who's that? Smells I'm just like Teen Spirit, you whore bag. <laughs> so instead of a little boy who opens his mouth and a cat sound comes out. Yeah. Fuck, I saw that on a date with a girl and she almost cried. I'm she was so scared of that. I was like, you wait, it's a boy who makes a cat sound and she literally was about to cry. She was so fucking terrified. Really? It. it was fucking bizarre. The one that the girl makes is like weirder. Where it's like sucking uh, in the yeah breath like. Uh, and you're like, oh, OK. You ever watch a deep throating video and it sounds just like that? <laughs> no. Neither have I. I don't like seeing <laughs> other people's dicks. I'm going to throw that out there. I'm not right. homophobic. It's just it's not my dick. There are some yokai dicks. Oh, no, we're going to get into it. There's a yokai that's entirely scrotum that is a shapeshifter. And it's like, well, if you're a shapeshifter, never default back to scrotum, dog. No. Why would you? Uh -uh. I don't want to be. Yeah. Icky caca. <laughs> so then we get the shiro, which appears in the moments just after death. When one appears, it is most often to give one last goodbye to a loved one before they depart. Fucking beautiful. Yeah. Right. I wouldn't mind. Yeah, it's like the little like spirit coming out, like astral projecting, yeah. giving you a smooch, and then just if she can give me off. a handy before they go, something you know. Sorry, I'm fighting off a sneeze. I would have laughed at that. I swear, if uh, I was. Uh huh. We'll enter the laugh track right there. Oh, it's coming. Keep going. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. All right, you're good. <laughs> I I just kegled with my nose, and the sneeze went away. <laughs> and then from there, you also have the Akiro, our souls uh, that are still living people that kind of astro project without knowing that they're doing it. And aren't these ones a lot of times like contingent on a time frame based on like energy, like the idea, like you're only going to last so long. So you have your own lifespan in your afterlife that you don't even necessarily know you're living. I don't even know if that's, yeah. From what I just read is that they appear to a living person, which they then usually scare or they have very strong emotions for. And then when the person gets confronted in real life, they're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like they didn't know that they astro projected. So they're kind of like in a dream state ghost yelling at somebody or even just looking at them, stalking them. And then when that person wakes up and goes, talks to the person that was the ghost, they're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Crazy. Weird. I love it. And I'm like, okay, I have no idea how this could even be a thing. And then you get the, this, this is, is the most fun to say. Yeah, I can't even say it. Jiki Nikki. <laughs> that works for me. <laughs> Which are found near villages that are usually like abandoned, like temples and old ruins. They avoid excessive contacts with humans, but may remain close to like human settlements. And humans are their main source of food. 
Hell yeah. Which is hot. This is what you tell your kid. Don't go in the fucking woods at night. Stay the fuck away from temples. Yeah. This is exactly, this is your brother's grim. This is your Billy Goat's Gruff. This your is don't go, or, yeah, killing don't go under the fucking and, bridge. Yeah. You little jack off. Yeah. Cross and, over the bridge. And from like the research I did on like how this became a thing, I guess they were saying like it could be an actual like people, homeless people living in like abandoned places. Oh, yeah. That, you know, would eat whatever they could find. <laughs> Cannibalism. <laughs> right. It's what's for dinner. Yeah. Because, you know, some of this stuff has to be based in truth or come up with something rather than just a scary story. And it's interesting because, like, you'll see so many temples in Japan and so many specific subsets. But then you also see this weird, like, kind of cross-pollination where it's like a Buddhist temple, but then you have yokai shit. And this is one of the explanations as to why, because you're appeasing the yokai, you're pacifying the yokai, and it also serves as a visual cue and reminder when you're a kid and you're out in public and you see this thing, you're like, oh, I know that that means stranger danger, and it's a much more collaborative, takes a village to raise the person right. view. Right. And there's always something weird about a abandoned building or a destroyed building, you know, like ruins. Oh, yeah. There's always a sense of kind of eeriness to it. Like, why else do people go in there and they always think they're haunted? And yeah, I don't know. It's just something like you get the feeling like this place just completely failed for some reason. And I think that also probably helped to just spark this sort of thing, especially when everything has a soul and you're like, oh, this whole village or this whole temple was destroyed for some reason. I'm pretty sure you're you're then going to think about these dark feelings of that area. Whether it's a pitiful sense or a fearful sense or yeah. a vengeful. Yeah. There's right. a lot that goes into it. Yeah. And if you're also like it had a soul, you're like, I don't want to be there and I don't want other people to be there because it's very dark now. So yeah, that's kind of what we think about when it comes to those ghosts. And I think from there we could move on to just random yokai. My favorite one yeah. of all time. Yeah. The kappa. Kappa. It's the one that's everywhere. I'll let you besmir- Oh, so you're calling me a basic bitch is what yep. you're saying? I mean, you know, I have a tattoo. A white guy that likes bitch. a kappa, so. How about, <laughs> uh, first off, you go fuck yourself. <laughs> Secondly, I'll have you know Ninja Turtles 3, when they travel in time, yep. they get called kappa. Oh, I know. Oh, yeah. So yeah. probably one of probably my- Probably because it's the only one that white people know. Bitch, I will <laughs> slap you. Oh, you're not going to like what comes next. Shut the fuck up. Have you seen Gremlins? <laughs> yep. Gremlins are kind of kappa. I guess, except for you're not supposed to get them wet. Well, bear yeah. with me. Boom. Reptilian, green, <laughs> mischievous, blame for things, can be used for good. And oh, uh, I don't know if you know this, Mogwai in Chinese is Mogwai. demon. <laughs> That's what I call my kid and I call my dog. Ah, it works. Yeah. But could you imagine the spoiler? If you're a Chinese person in the 80s and you go to see Gremlins and they say, oh yeah, it's called a Mogwai. You're like, well, something's fucked up with that thing then. <laughs> Whoops. When it's all cute and fluffy. Yeah, like the German guy who goes and sees Star Wars and like Vader. It's like, that means father. <laughs> I see this. Yeah, very easy. The Kappa is a reptilian humanoid who inhabits rivers and streams found all over Japan. Kappa are generally the size and shape of a human child yep. with scaly skin ranging from earthly hues from deep green to bright red and even blue. Their bodies are built for swimming and webbed. They are thumbless. They have thumbless hands and feet, which is weird. I don't know why you would even think about that. More flippers. Yeah. Okay. They're, they're amphibians. All right. They have a turtle-like beak and shell. Weird that not all of them have shells, but I like the shell version better. Right. They have elastic waterproof skin that reeks of fish, which sounds freaking hot. You are what you eat. <laughs> oh, I guess so. And the most interesting one for me, because I, I connect with this. 
because it sometimes feels like I have three anuses. Yep. <laughs> Because they do have three anuses. Yep. And they possess like three times the amount of gas that a normal human would. And Again, well, me. Their favorite food, cucumber. Yep. Yeah, that uh, the skin on a cucumber is going to make you toots. Oh, for sure. So if I may take over, this is the only yoke I have a very strong opinion of. You're probably going to take over the reins for the rest of them, but this is mine. <laughs> they have a dish in their head that's yes. built in at the top that has a pool of water. Which makes sense because they're amphibians. They need their fucking water, right? They're also very, they're very, very polite, which doesn't make sense why Jake's likes them so much. But just bear with me. So one of the strategies to overtake a kappa, which are profound sumo wrestlers and grapplers, yep. and will love to drag you into the water and drown you to death. They are stronger than a human being. Yes. Even though they're the size of a child. Exactly. Think of a chimpanzee. Tight little muscle bodies. <laughs> so you bow graciously to the kappa when the kappa bows back to you it spills the water out of its dish and you go hey if you want more water you just gotta serve me for the rest of your life and they'll do it they're industrious they're like oh you have cucumbers i'll do work for you there's literally a buddhist temple which i saw which we talked about on the weekly warm-up yep. where they actually have a mummified hand of a kappa where the ancient legend goes that they paid these kappa to help rebuild riverbeds and stuff after a giant flood how freaking cool is that? Yeah, it's pretty interesting. I'm not going to let you dis besmirch them, but it's, oh, this, it's coming. the Songeji <laughs> Temple, which is both Buddhist and it has the kappa. So I feel like I've done a good enough job of building them up before you start talking about these lies <laughs> and slant fake news. Uh, so I do find it weird that they are considered very polite. Because then they're very, like, mischievous as well. Yes. Again, like, pulling swimmers under the water, attacking them, kind of for no reason, farting as, like, a weapon. Like, they show some paintings of them just shooting huge blasts of fart gas out. But it works the other way, too. So you can ward off a kappa by, like, let's say, like, pissing in your hand and smearing it on them or throwing right. a log of shit. Right. Which, I mean, now you know why I love them again. Yes. You're like, wait, <laughs> hold on politeness that doesn't make oh okay he's literally throwing shit at someone got right. it okay so that they're makes polite sense. with a very strange set of rules hell yeah and then the other stuff it's all for you know free game which i love it's yeah. so weird <laughs> but basically it comes down to i don't want my kid getting swept away in a fucking creek so i'm gonna come up with a bunch of weird shit <laughs> like you could tell this is like a snowballing effect where those one guy's like better watch out there's some turtle person down there who's gonna kill you and somebody else is like, yeah, and that turtle person loves cucumber. And the first guy's like, what the fuck? Oh, yeah, fine. It loves cucumber. And the next guy's like, it has a dish in its head. And the first guy's like, okay, this is getting goddamn ridiculous. And then the other guy's like, there's a mummified hand. <laughs> yes. So this is where Jake does not like to hear. Nope. They're mischievous by nature. They love to peek up women's komodos and loudly pass gas in public. Lakes and rivers are where Kappa lived often have uh, warning signs. Their preferred method of attack is to bite their opponent or drag them underwater. But there is a thing that they do. They have been known to kidnap and rape swimming women. And this like is where that. Jake just blindly turns his eyes. Doesn't happen. All right. You have to prove the coppers exist to prove <sighs> they did that kind of nasty business. <laughs> and they usually eat people as well. So there you go. Yeah, I would if I could. I, I've always been interested. Wouldn't you just take a taste? For sure, why not? Well, I think I'd, I'd have a hard time eating somebody who wasn't vegan, I'll be honest with you. Really? Yeah. All right. I don't know. What about me? Pescatarian. Oh. <laughs> Depends how I'm cooking it, to be All honest right. with you. I think that'd be a huge tell. 
Yeah. Also, what else? Like, what are my side dishes? Hmm. Are we putting you with like a cream sauce? Because I wouldn't be about I'll that. I'll give you a cream sauce. Oh, <laughs> that's inappropriate. I hope you get drowned and raped by a cop. <laughs> so this is a weird thing that I honestly had no idea that they did or understood is that they usually attack or like go for the anus of a victim uh-huh. and that there is a mythical ball of flesh located just inside the anus uh-huh. called the Shikodama, which is what they're trying to get and eat. Yep. Weird. Supposed to be a mythical gland. Huh. But one thing that's interesting, if you actually look at turtles, turtles will eat the sensitive parts. And, and one of the things that like snapping turtles will eat is an anus first. Oh. So people that actually swore that they saw a kappa, they're either crazy or they believe that they saw a giant Japanese salamander yep. or a now extinct Japanese river otter. And there's also just turtles. Yeah, that's one of the things. <laughs> by making a child size, the torso of a turtle, if you just add longer limbs to it, is about the size of a kid. Right. Yeah. And the salamander looks very strange, and they're huge, so it kind of looks like it could be mistaken for a kappa. But the Japanese river otter was able to stand up on like two feet, so they thought, you know, that could have been because it looked like a didn't look like a small child, but it's a furry standing thing. So that would have been weird in the animal Why animal the kingdom, not? right? So yeah, that is Jake's favorite. I absolute favorite. I think they're great. This one is very strange. I just put it in there because I was like, I, I'm. This is kind of this tells the whole story of how these things get made. So the Tenjo Nome is a very tall yokai with a very long tongue, and it appears in houses with tall ceilings, particularly in cold months when light cannot reach all of the ceiling, and it casts weird shadows on the rafters. Its body's covered in stripes of paper, which resembles the like the old paper flags that firemen carried. You skipped over something. Did I? Yeah. Tenjo Name. What does that translate to? Ceiling liquor. Yes. I didn't even want to say it until the end. Oh. <laughs> but that's fine. <laughs> Basically, you know, when you look at your shitty office building and you see that particle board up there, and you're like, yep. why is it yellow? That's this one. Exactly. They had no idea why things would discolor or look wet on the ceiling because it's supposed to be dry and they would be like, Oh, it's a yoke, and we'll just call it a ceiling liquor. I truly am sorry I fucked that up. No, it's fine. I, it that, totally works. I was so excited to have that because <laughs> I don't see that in your notes. I would see that in my own separate notes, and I was like, aha. Oh. Yeah. Some of them I didn't even write their name their translation because I was like, well, okay. So if you have their translation, feel free. Like the next one. Oh my God. Can't even pronounce that name at all either. Ipondarata. Ipo. That sound good? I don't know. I faked it. Uh, hey, make it till you make it. It's better than I got. Which this one is translated to one-legged bellows. That is correct. I know that from experience and what Google is showing me right now. <laughs> so this one has one thick trunk-like leg with a single saucer-like eye, and it lives in the deep mountains of Japan. Now this one, I have no idea how this came about or what. This is like one of the weirder ones. It's literally a giant leg with one eye and two very like. Small arms. Like the T-Rex from Meet the Robinsons. Oh, I, love that. Like, I got a I big tried head to, yeah, But I have such small arms. I love that so much. And again, this one's so strange, like with some of the things that go out there. It basically lives up in the mountains and it's pretty much harmless year round, except for on December 20th. Because when people come into the mountains on that, it turns violent and it just stomps you to death with its one leg. Because it's getting in the mood to listen to Rush 1221. Must be. You know what Rush is, right? I know what Rush is. I don't know what Rush 1221 God is. damn it. Rush is a band, right? Yeah. <laughs> People really don't get that I really don't listen to music. 
at all. Yeah, we've had a few people reach out. Or excuse me, twenty one twelve. God damn it. See? You don't know either. Your <laughs> ineptitude is rubbing <laughs> off on me. Uh, so this like yokai is very interesting because it would just hop around and do flips and somersaults walking around. This is different than the foot that crushes through your ceiling and yep. tells you you have to wash it. Completely different. Can't there are wait. several like one-legged, just like single one-legged yokai. Well, it's usually like a thing that has the one leg. But this is a this is this one is leg. a one leg. Yeah, right. It's almost like the one leg should have another smaller leg coming out of it. Yeah, it's like a foot fetish. Oh God! So this is the Quintana Tarantino. Yes, this one could be kind of like a demon, just by like the I don't know essence of it or kind of like how it acts. Yeah. This one's very like malicious. For the right price, I could be a demon too, baby. <laughs> Do you want to go on to the Jorugumu? Yes. You want to know what it means? Horse spider. <laughs> yes. Horse spider. Yes. Not fucking around. No, because it was the originally known or the horse spider. as the golden orb reaver in English, but then they also referred to it as like the horse spider. <laughs> it's the best thing I've ever heard. Yeah. This is my favorite episode. <laughs> it's so out there. Like, I feel like we couldn't even make up most of these as much as they have. Yeah. I don't have 2000 years to brainstorm this weird stuff. So yeah, I think that's probably true. Yeah. And we watch so much TV, like they probably sat around going, let's think of the weirdest thing we could think of. A hundred percent. Oh, let's be inventive. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to criticize other people's inventive shit while creating nothing of my own. <laughs> so this one, they average in size between like two to three centimeters long, but it can grow much larger as it ages. Some of them are large enough to catch and eat small birds. These spiders are renowned for their large size and vivid, beautiful colors. They are amazing. I've seen these in the wild when I was in Australia. Awesome. Really? Yo, it's so cool. Huh. Yeah, they're gigantic and their web is like fishing line. It's that thick. You wow. can literally pluck it and make it twang. It's awesome. Huh. So their name is also broken up, basically just meaning entangling bride, which is weird because they kind of eventually start eating young men. They, they can kind of like shapeshift into being female. A lot of the spiders in this will be females that kind of a, attract young males and then they eat them. Hell yeah. Yeah. Humble men. Yeah. So I had it too good for too long. <laughs> the spider lives like pretty much as a solitary creature. And then at 400 years of age, it then develops magical powers. Oh, neat. Yeah. And that's where it could like kind of shapeshift into a woman. It's very intelligent and cunning. And then it will also pretty much find a young man and then eat him. What do you think it scored on its SATs? I never took the SATs, so I would have no idea. What's a an 1800? Yeah, Is that's that really good. That's magical. Okay. So it must be one that's <laughs> over 400 years old takes the SAT. <laughs> yeah, never took them, as you can tell. What? <laughs> I can't say. See, you set yourself up like that in ways where I can't, I can't affirm or deny because then I come out as a prick either way. Either I'm not playing along with you or I'm like, uh -huh. you're dumb. There's no good way about that, man. <laughs> Anytime I'm asked to read, it pretty much sounds like I'm dumb, which I hate. But, you know, for people that have very difficulties with dyslexia and stuff, which I don't have it that bad. But reading for me is always a big issue. But a lot of people are like, they think you're just an idiot sort of a thing. Yeah. Well, as a guy who used to do disability rights law and has a degree in education, you have my sympathy and I will now refrain from ever commenting <laughs> on your intelligence or aptitude again. <laughs> Whatever. This, the got, this got dark. Kiyohime <laughs> is one of the most famous antagonists in Japanese literature. Tell me why. Oh, yeah. This is a crazy one. Basically, it's 
a demon woman, but she started out as human. She kind of develops her demon powers from being pissed off. Oh, cool. And rejected. <laughs> well, luckily my wife doesn't have to deal with the rejected part, but the pissed off thing, I mean, you live with me long enough. Ugh. Yeah. So the story is basically this guy says that he loves her and that he's going to come and make her uh, his bride sort of a thing. Yeah. And then I'll leads- make an honest woman out of you. <laughs> and then leads her on and then he comes back and tries to and does like the same thing. And as he's leaving this time, she like chases him and he's like, oh, I don't know this lady. Oh, shit, dog. <laughs> and Walk of shame. Yeah, he goes into a boat and says, tells the boat, like, driver, just keep going. Just keep going. I don't know her. She's crazy. She then turns into a serpent, breaks up the ship. He swims to, like, shore and hides under, like, a big church bell or a temple bell. And meanwhile, all these fucking people die. That's what I mean. The one right. thing that frustrates me with Yokai is, like, misdirected anger. But she does kill him. So then she... Spoilers! Yeah, then she... Uh, She's so so she is a serpent and she then starts breathing fire underneath the bell and kind of like cooks him and kills him and eats him Hell or whatever. Yeah. And then she goes and drowns herself in the ocean. Aw. And that's the story. And you're just like, that's oh, so sad. Very I was strange. all about her just like going about her merry way with a belly full of man meat. Right. She comes she becomes so powerful, but then she's like, Oh, I'm still so sad. I'm gonna go kill myself. She should have been a superhero. Yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. But that's one of like the more famous stories of like one of them. You put in your notes, maximum level of power. I love that. Yeah. Well, basically, she's just a normal woman that gets so distraught that she's like pretty much goes, uh, well, I guess I can't use Dragon Ball terms because you don't watch that either. Mary fuck kill the horse spider, this lady, or a female kappa. Go. Ooh. I would marry the female kappa. <laughs> yeah, dude. I'm right there with you. We, we um, can wrestle and stuff. We'll have some fun. <laughs> eat some cucumbers. Have a couple laughs. I would have sex with the horse spider. Yeah, dude. We're right there. Because at least you got the illusion of like some sort of super sexy person. With, SNM. Yeah. SNM. <laughs> and then this one gets into like a serpent. So I'm like, nah, Fuck that. yeah, you're dead. Serpent's too much like a dick. I can't have right, that in my exactly. life. Exactly. It's a callback to my earlier reference that I don't like seeing dicks. So now I can't <laughs> edit that out. All right, pronounce this next one. Uji no Harshishime. <laughs> I love that I'm asking you to pronounce these. I have no fucking idea if I'm doing it right. <laughs> so this is another tale of a woman scorned because all of them are. Yeah, right? <laughs> so I feel like that's like your basic template, right? <laughs> yeah, it was hard because I wanted to like vary it. And there are some just really varied ones. But the main like big stories that were told are all of women just having horrible, horrible lives. Awesome. Do we got any Japanese suffragettes here to fix everything? <laughs> yeah. So this one's really iconic. You see her head everywhere. Yes. It's the five horns and the red hair and very white look. Right. And again, she goes on a legendary killing spree. Which is awesome. Yeah. So how does she get to the point of, who, so who wrongs her and what's his name? Because of course it's a man. <laughs> yeah, it's her husband. I actually don't even remember his name. Did I write his name? No. Nah. No, did not write his name. Anyway, it's a man who sucks, like all of us. Yep. <laughs> but I'll admit it, though. I mean, I'm not worried about it. a Y chromosome instantly makes you an asshole. Oh, I totally agree. We all have a dark side. All men. Yep. And unless you had a shit to me, you don't get to see your dark side. <laughs> it's a joke to have an eye inside your butthole. Yeah. But you can see out of it. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, the husband falls in love with a mistress. And she 
prays to a God to make her an Oni, which is a demon, which we will get to a little bit later. And to do that, she then goes to the Yuji, Yujai river for 21 days and just bathes in it. And that makes, and she like her, she divides her hair into five horns. Hell yeah. And they become actual horns. And then she basically painted her body red with like uh, vermin or what vermilion. is that? Vermilion. What's vermilion? It's a red thing. Oh, <laughs> do you know? Are you just saying red thing? I just know it for the color red. Oh, okay. So she paints her body red and then she just goes around and kills everybody um, besides her intended victim, of course. Right. And he just gets to go slinging his dick around. Yeah. And she was so scary that anyone who actually just saw her died. Right. Feel like a Medusa kind of thing going on here, right? But I think I'd totally be down for you know that demon mask. Well, I'll tell your wife. Oh, thank you. Buy her just the mask for me. I don't want to buy her sex things, man. <laughs> That's not happening. She Our won't even know. Are really close. I don't want to be that close. She though. doesn't know that it would be for sex until later. <laughs> Woo! I'll spring that on you when your peripheral vision's down because you're wearing a mask. <laughs> all right, this one's weird. As all of them, I guess that's just the whole thing. Is Japanese people are weird. Uh, shoot that name. He can say that. He can say it because I'm he's Japanese. Jap- <laughs> I'm not making any racial remarks here. Okay. I think even if you ask Japanese people and you talk about yokai, they're all going to be like, oh yeah, there's some definitely weird stuff that we wrote oh, about. Yeah. Like there's no way of saying not. So I'm going to, I'm briefly going to re- reintroduce nicknames, nicknames, prick names into this episode <laughs> okay. for this one. That might help. <laughs> We're going to call this one the Kajagugu because it's the <laughs> Kashadokuro. Yes, so this is... Shasha, hush, hush. Is that is that Kajagugu? Fuck. Keep going, Chad. <laughs> All right. So this is a giant skeleton which wanders the countryside in the darkest hours of night. I am so smart. Too shy. Kajagugu. Oh, wow. What's that name from or meaning? Uh... I'm not Googling that. Well, this is not <laughs> 80s new wave. Hey, epi- you're the one bringing up all the music. Which I am completely oblivious. <laughs> Although I do know that song. See? So I, okay, the only like genre I think is I know almost every 80s song. Not who played it or who sings it, but I just know most of the 80s music. Good, because it's probably the best era. Oh, I love it. You get everything from Dio to Minor Threat in the 80s. Again, no idea, but yes. Rainbow the in the Dark, Holy <laughs> Diver. Holy diver, you've been down too long in the midnight okay. sea. See, there you, you know it. I do. You should have some respect. Ronnie James Dio is a yokai. Really? He is now. <laughs> He's also dead. Oh, okay. <laughs> so yeah, which giant- kind of yurei ghosts? Which is the coolest ghost? That's what Ronnie James Dio the is. The very right? the first one up there. Yeah, that's the one. That's what he is. I'm not scrolling <laughs> up the notes. You can't make me. All right, so these are giant skeletons that wander the night and their teeth chatter and clatter with like bones, which is very interesting. I think I've actually seen anime that do this and I had no idea what they were. And I was just like, what the hell? It's a giant skeleton making rattling noises. I hate that. It's like when an old person uses a Werther's original and like clacks it against their teeth. (laughs) I hate that sound. That like sound haunts the shit out of me. So I have like, this is probably the scariest yokai to me so far. Okay. And if you happen to like come across them on like a road in the night, yeah, they'll pretty much just eat you and crush you and then you'll become part of their bone structure. Cool. Yeah. They bite off heads, which is awesome. Soldiers whose bodies were on like rotting fields and were victims of like that died in like horrific ways or died in the wilderness that didn't get burial rights would also like basically build this giant skeleton. Cool. 
Yeah. That's dark as shit. So it's like all the undead that basically were just left on the battlefield would then become a giant skeleton. I love that. Yeah. That is totally okay with me. Maybe that's what Zack Snyder's going to do with his Army of the Dead bullshit for Netflix. <laughs> I didn't even know that they're making one. Yeah, he's filming it right now. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I think that's why people keep talking about the Justice League bullshit is just because they're trying to create hype for Snyder and his failed social media platform. Hmm. So this is also one that was like too large and powerful to even kill. So they just like maintain their existence until their energy or malice would then dissipate. Okay. Just to like so, calm the fuck down. Right. Okay. So kind of crazy depending on like who's been left and murdered on a field and right. how angry they are. You this know thing you would just kill everyone. Instead of police officers, they just need Bob Ross impersonators in <laughs> Japan. Like, oh, you're a giant monster. There's no mistakes. You're fine. <laughs> you're all right. We'll just paint this tree. Stop clattering those bones and let's put that to good use, buddy. <laughs> All right, let's get the nickname for the next one. Kikari. Kikai. Kikai. Oh, it's um no, I don't want to sound racist. I was gonna make a joke about like a toucan bird making a bird call with that, and I realized that sounds insensitive. <laughs> so it's a kikai. <laughs> it All resembles right. a small ugly monkey. Correct. Like my scrotum. <laughs> Their hair is said to grow backwards. I have no idea what that means. It means that there's the follicle at the end. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was like picturing, uh, but it didn't really have that in the like pictures that I saw on scrolls. Maybe they just meant like the flow like it grows of the hair. up, right? Maybe yeah, rather than like down. Yeah, you okay? You ever do the the game with your kid where like I, I do this? I don't know where I learned it from. But I'll take my kid's hand and I rub it down my face with the grain of the hair and I go, kitty. And then I go against the grain and I go, doggy. So just imagine that all the hair is the doggy. I think that's what they're getting at. You never did that? No. What the fuck is wrong with you, Chad? Don't you have a sense of imagination? I also have weird Japanese facial hair. So it grows all every which way. It's kind of And it's very, like, broken into patches. (laughs) Asian people aren't very hairy. (laughs) That's a good problem to have, though, man. Hey, I don't mind it. I hate hair. I would laser my whole body if I could. Why if my you? wife would let me. I, you need the eyebrows. Okay, you can leave the eyebrows. Okay, there we go. So long as that's <laughs> well established, then I'm fine. So your Patreon dollars at work, everybody. We're going to be lasering Chad down. <laughs> I just killed him with laughter. It would be a great documentary. That would be really awesome. <laughs> yeah, don't supersize me. Laser size me. <laughs> oh, all right. They're also said to have two tongues. They're usually red or white. Oh, they emerge covered in blood and embiotic fluid, and it quickly scambles away from its mother and tries to escape. Oh, yeah. We talked about this one being like the Jersey Devil. Yes. Yeah. So this one is just a weird one, and the explanation for it might be pretty dark. Oh, joy. Yeah. Do go on. (laughs) So it's basically supposed to escape its mother, crawl underneath the house, and then if it does escape, it will return later to try and kill its mother. And then after that, they don't really talk about what it does or anything. But this is why women gave birth on nets. Is, is that what yes. I understand? Yeah. Yes. So they used to place stuff underneath while the wife gave birth to catch if it ended up being like a demon. And I'm just imagining like a prospector panning for gold and it just happens to be a <laughs> demon baby on it. Am I right? I don't even think it's like that. I think it's just like a sheet or whatever. But yeah, okay. you could totally picture that. I'm going to picture that. And I'm going to picture it being voiced by Kelsey Grammer from Toy Story 2. Oh, perfect. There we go. (laughs) And the meaning of this or, you know, origins, they believe was for kids that were born with like disabilities or something. And they were like, oh, my God, it's an evil yokai and we just must kill it. 
Well, and you talked about that one of the things as far as kappa, not just in terms of the danger of water, but also like people disposing of bodies and stuff. Yes. In a certain area where you didn't want kids to go. Right. So literally like a child's body being a representative. That's the darkest thing I think we touched on. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that revolves around that. A lot of the temple stuff too. So if there's like an abandoned temple and that's part of why they say demons live there or ghosts is because people would just abandon their children there. Wow. Yeah. So they're like, oh, this don't go over there. And everyone knew not to because it's just a bunch of abandoned dead children. Ah, so bad. Yeah, it's not fun. Let's move on to the Oni, yeah? (laughs) Yes. So Oni, I think, are fascinating because it started off as demons. And so you see Oni masks everywhere. But I didn't know until doing research for this episode that basically they're now barbarians with clubs and tiger loincloths. Where did that change happen? But they're not truly barbarian like they're very like smart and cunning as well and they are very magical like they're wizards practically yeah but they have like a giant club but yes they resemble a giant right ogre-ish it's very odd yeah they kind of usually carry a iron what do you call it cudgel sure yeah i'm not gonna correct you i haven't cudgel sounds right (laughs) basically yeah like a huge iron club that they would crush people with so we kind of didn't really touch on how a lot of these came about but a lot of the influences are from like other places. So China, India with like Buddhism. Oh yeah, for um, sure. So this is where you kind of get a lot of the Oni from. So Oni are their typical, I guess, Japanese demons. And they are usually in the underworld and they're there to just torture the souls. Kate Beckinsale, I guess you. Yeah. Wait, what? My underworld. girl? Oh. Isn't she in Underworld? <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, I almost said Kate Blanchett, and I realized she's the one who played uh, Bob Dylan. Oh. Yeah. Wow. It's weird what things I know about movies. All right. <laughs> they are large and uh, pretty much scary, and they're it's written that they are taller than the tallest man. And I've seen some, like, seven-foot people, so taller than that. Jesus. They sometimes are either red or blue, gray. They're colorful. So they're the Hulks. Yeah. They actually look like when the Hulk's hulking out. Yeah. So that's the weird part of like their demon too, is that their demon is very big and imposing where I feel like American demons are kind of not like that. It's like the opposite. Usually. Usually our demons are scary because they're more incorporeal. Right. We rely on so many other kinds of monsters, whether it's a troll or an ogre or something physically imposing, but demons are the one area where you get a little bit fucky when it comes to like exorcisms and stuff for it being you know, beyond your reach. Right. And these only have wild hair, big horns, kind of like big tusks that come out of their mouth. Very sharp teeth. Cool. Yeah. Very scary for some like the drawings. Even you'd be like, Oh, I would not want to run into that no matter what. Yeah. But if you're an orthodontist, you're like, yeah, pay me. Come on. I'll fix that underbite motherfucker. (laughs) So there are a lot of variations to these as well, where some have more than two eyes. They have like three, four, whatever, more horns, less horns, different colors. Like we said, even different number of fingers and toes, which I don't know why you'd put that in. But again, weird. There you go. These people are weird. I'm sorry, my people. It's an interesting way of distinguishing from a normal person, though, right? True. Like the six-fingered man. Ooh. Princess Bride. Which should not be remade. I'm going to go on the record saying that. No, I mean, it's a good movie. I think it holds up. Like, why would you want to remake it? Money. Yeah, but... Should you? Should you remake it for... Will you? Most likely. (laughs) Yes. At the very least, it's going to get a fucking sequel or something. So, Oni are born when a truly wicked human dies and ends up 
in the one of the many Buddhist hells. So this is like with fairies that were being born out of laughter and being revived by clapping. <laughs> it's that kind of bullshit. I'll take it, but I don't like it very much. I guess so, but theirs is definitely not nice. Like they're basically being tortured and whatever, and then they become Oni. Okay. They become an ogreish, brutal servant of the great Lord Enma. And I just kept thinking of Enema, which is weird. It's a great feeling. <laughs> which okay. is the ruler of hell. So that happens as well. But there are also occasions where a human is so wicked on earth that he will then become an Oni in our existence or real life. Like a Nobunaga Oda kind of character? Yeah. Okay. So. You impressed I knew that? Yes. Samurai Warriors, bitch. There you go. It's a great game franchise. And those are considered to be the most deadly because obviously they're walking around with humans. Fuck yeah, and he shoots purple fire out of his hands, as I know from Samurai Warriors. <laughs> yeah. So this is where you get into, go for the name, Shooting Doji or Shooting Doji? Yeah. Doji. So this one's weird because this character starts out as a monk and was considered, some people say he was like a half breed, half demon, half human. You notice that some of the fucking monk, like some of the things, if they're just bald, are defaulted as monks. Yeah. I saw it's the black like hill kind of creatures that look like Diglett from Pokemon. Those are called monks. Yeah. There's also a bald monk's head that's at the center of a flaming wheel and they're referred to specifically as monks. But a lot of the coppers are dressed as monks. Well, because, you know, they're <laughs> divine. A divine rapist. Monks monk. ain't be raping. Monks ain't be raping. <laughs> I don't know about that. That's the first proclamation of the monk lord Jesus. <laughs> I don't know. I think they do the vow of silence just so that people can't talk about the raping. If you would like a shirt <laughs> that says monks ain't be raping, please reach out to us at slashersbahat at gmail.com and I will make that oh, shirt. I would wear it. Hell yeah. <laughs> Just for the very, like, the, the conversation alone. Yeah. So, yeah, this monk basically was a troubled orphan child. He was considered to be very strong, very smart. So many different people believe the father would be a demon or even a dragon is some of the other stuff, which is weird because the dragons, you don't hear a lot about them, but there are some yokai that are very dragon-esque, but the dragons are also kind of separate. It's very strange. Right. You don't, like, not all dragons, the, some of the dragons in... Their culture have names and stuff, but weren't usually dragged into as yokai, which and is very some strange. of them have seven balls. Yeah. Ha ha. <laughs> so as this monk was a younger man, he pretty much like he was a bad monk. <laughs> he was a bad monk of fucker. Yeah. He was just always like playing tricks and being foolish and being rude. And then one night he basically put on a demon mask, an oni mask, and wanted to scare everybody, all the other monks. And so this is very similar to a Twilight Zone yep. episode where he puts on this horrible, ugly mask, scaring people. And then when he goes to take it off at the end of the night, it has then formed to his face. Oh, yeah. And he Stanley Ipkiss was his name. <laughs> yeah. And he asks all of his monk brothers to like help him. And they're like, no, you're a dick. <laughs> yeah, right. Sorry about it. He's like, no, this is you're like closer to your true form and all that. So he then flees up to the mountains where he gets like so hateful and resentful and angry. And his body then more and more and more turns into an Oni. He then becomes pretty much like the Oni leader, like a god. Cool. On Earth, almost. And then he creates... That's a hell of a career trajectory. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> yeah. So he pretty much then gets all sorts of evil demons to follow him, and he becomes like their demon lord. 
That's awesome. On Earth. Fuck yeah. yeah. That's what I plan to do when I retire. <laughs> and then there was an emperor who commanded like their bravest warrior to go up and kill all of the demons. Raiko. Yeah. And they use him to, they basically go up, poison their water source, and it kills all the lesser demons, but not Shoten, whatever his Doji. name is. Go Doji. But he then ends up killing Doji by cutting off his head. Oh. But he then realizes that he's not really dead. His head is still trying to bite everyone and Hell yell yeah. and scream. So then he travels outside the city and buries the head alive. That's so dark. Yeah. Man. Pretty interesting story. That'd suck to stumble upon. You're making a sandcastle at the beach and suddenly your hand gets bit off. Yeah. <laughs> so why don't you tell us about Gozu and Mizu? <laughs> Mizu. <laughs> so these demons had a horse head and a ox head. And these two like pretty much guard the gates of hell, which is interesting to me. They're like the big enforcers of the underworld. Hell yeah. If someone was actually to escape the underworld, which sounds awesome. I'd watch that movie. For sure. <laughs> they would be the two sent out to go and retrieve the person. Then who's going to guard it if they're gone? Right. They That's don't bad. go into those, you know, technicalities. Then I send some fucking reject out. And then when they're going chasing that, right. down, then, then like go, seven people escape. Yeah. And then, yeah, makes no sense. Come on now. Whatever. Didn't you watch Life with Eddie Murphy and Martin Lawrence? Fuckhead. <laughs> Did you see that movie? Yes. You going to eat your cornbread? <laughs> I haven't seen that movie in a decade. I can't remember that. I cannot believe that just struck my brain. That's like the most rememberable, uh, rememberable scene, though. And when they're standing on the bottles. That's true. That's true. So yeah, as you're traveling to hell, these are like the first two demons that you run across. There's not anything too great about them other than they're just supposed to be like the two most powerful with regards to hell. That's awesome. Yeah. The next one again is the leader of hell, which is Enema. <laughs> Donald Trump. <laughs> there you go. Enema Doye or something. He's the ruler of hell. And this is weird because I guess there are like 13 judges and he's like the head judge of hell. So there's like 13 levels, I guess, there's in the him, Buddhist. Judge Dredd, oh, Judge yeah. Judy, Judge, Judge Mills Lane. Mills Lane. Mm, yeah. I want a good clean fight. <laughs> Get it on. And it's weird because this guy is actually looks rather humanish. He's just wears like a judge outfit at the time, whatever that like an old, old judge outfit. They actually write that he's actually a pretty decent guy. Oh, neat. Yeah. So he basically rules hell, but he only like gives the exact punishment that you need. Like they weigh it. And he's like, I just want it to be fair. So I'll give you this exact punishment. I have this image of Veruca Salt in Willy Wonka with the bad egg thing. Yeah. It's like <laughs> the weight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but we'll I mean, just peel you your skin it. off because you were, you know, vain. And you're like, okay. <laughs> Let me pitch it to you this way. You have a character, dark, brooding, spiky head, who doles out judgment. The opposite, you have a guy, white face, big, huge smile. Who do you like more? Well, if you said smile guy, you just pick the Joker. If you said horn guy, you just pick Batman. So the devil is Batman. I knew, and this there, guy is I Batman. knew there was something there. And I was like, I don't, Always a trick. I don't know, man. Never fall for it. <laughs> And just if you think it's a trick, it's the one time I'm tricking you about the trick and being normal. Well, you which said is like very white rare. guy and I was like, oh, no, I don't like that guy. It's not yeah. good to like that guy right now. Fuck that guy. <laughs> white middle class people suck my dick. Yeah. So from here, we also go into. Love that. Just some... white middle class people suck my dick. Yeah. So, so from here. <laughs> moving on. It's too testy of a subject right now. Ah. 
Me too. Well, not really for me, for you. Yeah, right. <laughs> Other than, I am a man though, so eh, guess that doesn't really work. From here, I just also wanted to still focus on some like the Oni or basically demon stories, but these are like more modernized ones. Cool. And I figured they were interesting because as yokai, they still are developing different stories. Yeah. Like to this day, which is so interesting because with all, all of our stuff, it's not really that big other than like we maybe like Westerners maybe make a ghost story every now and then. Or change the chupacabra to be the chick from Species. Exactly. Yep. But we also don't really have a big belief in a lot of this stuff. No. Where these people still actually have a good measure of belief with a lot of it. Hell yeah. And they're able to also still create these stories. Which the best creepypastas come from Japan. Exactly. The Lavender Town experiment. You yeah. heard that? That's the best. I want. It's my goal to do a whole episode based on that one. I love it. Okay. I'm down. Good. So this one is Demon at Aji Bridge. Um, do you want to read it since it's long? <laughs> I'll read the hell out of it. Right. This story begins as so many horror stories do, with an overly confident man who boasted to his friends that he slung his dick. Oh, wait, sorry. That he didn't fear to cross <laughs> Aji Bridge or the demon rumored to reside there. It's it's the three Billy Goats gruff, bluff. Yeah, gruff. pretty much. Exactly. So as soon as they're known for the shape-shifting or whatever, they appear to the man as an abandoned woman. And as soon as she caught the man's eye, she transformed back into a nine-foot green-skinned monster and chased after him, unable to catch the man. The demon later changed in the form of the man's brother and knocked on his door late at night. The demon was led into the house, kind of like you would a vampire, like, oh, come on in. Yep. And after a struggle, bit off the man's head, held it up, and danced with it before his family, and then vanished. <laughs> when I read that at the end, I was like, oh, uh, that would be a very strange night. You know, I often say that uh, I'm not even until I'm ahead, which I learned from my property <laughs> professor in law school. That is definitely taking that to an extreme. <laughs> oh, you want to beat me in a foot race? I'm going to bite off your head and dance with your decapitated member in front of your family. Yeah. That's awesome. You know what? I wouldn't even be scared, I think. I'd just, like, if I was witnessing it, like my brother's head got bit, I'd be like, oh my God. Slow this clap. Is, yeah. I'd be like, oh, impressive. <laughs> I now am a believer. Look at that technique. <laughs> this next one is one of the more like modern ones. Slit mouth woman. I think even most people that have no idea what yokai are kind of know this story. Yeah, to an extent. I mean, yeah. you've seen it visually at the very least in the background of stuff. Right. Basically, it's a woman who has a surgical mask that covers up the fact that she basically has the Joker's mouth where it's slit at either side. She comes up to you and she says, am I pretty? And then you say, yeah, sure. I'd bone what, you. Yeah, wood dick. Yeah. And then she takes it off. She goes, what about now? And you're like, still wood dick. And then she kills you. Yep. But if you say wooden dick, she doesn't kill. She still kills you. But if you say, don't know if dick, she goes, uh, and then that's your moment to run away. Am I yep. right? Yep. That's the weirdest or thing in the world. you hand her a jawbreaker candy. Which is why I always carry one. Yeah. Yeah. People thought that the everlasting gobstopper was a bad idea from Willy Wonka. Nope. nope. Keeps all these chicks mouthful <laughs> away from the children. <laughs> yeah. So this one's very strange and it was pretty much an urban legend that started this in 1979. And it was so crazy. I told you about this on the phone where you could hire a woman in 1979 to act like this lady and scare the crap out of your friends. Yeah. Until she gets a fucking concussion because I throw a shoe at her through my door. <laughs> Well, that's what's crazy. They actually had like mothers everywhere were walking their children to school because they were afraid of this. 
So when you say everywhere, you're talking about like St. Louis, Missouri? Well, everywhere in Japan. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, <laughs> gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Next, we have the Akamanto, or the Red Cloak, which is one of the more popular demons. It hides in women's bathrooms. In one version, they ask the women if they would like a red cloak or a blue cloak. If she answers red, she gets plugged into the Matrix with yeah. Neo. She picks the blue cloak. She wakes up and goes back to her shitty job. No, the red, he tears the flesh from her back to make it appear that she's wearing a red cloak. If she says blue, he strangles her to death. If you encounter him, there is no escaping. And if you don't answer and you pick a different color, he'll just drag you to hell. So I'm like, I'll take a green cloak. And he's like, you'll take a trip to hell. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. Yeah. You're just damned if you do, damned if you do. You might as well have fun with him. Right. So if you notice, like, in the old stories, there's usually a way to get away by, like, kind of tricking them. And it seems like as you get more modern, they kind of take that away to just make it horrifying ghost story where you can't escape as much. All right. Can I list a few of my favorites? Yes. So you got the Casa Obake, okay. which is, of course, the umbrella with the leg. Yes. The Bakizori, which is a sandal with a leg. Yep. The Kurote, which is a hand with long hair and claws that come out of it that strokes your genitals from the <laughs> toilet. Yes. How? <laughs> That's the worst one. Hey. Everyone likes a genital stroke, man. Especially <laughs> the Kanuki, who's the big scrotum that's a shapeshifter. Yes. The Nue, which is very interesting. It's basically the Japanese chimera, but some of the articles and stuff I read said that it pulls the Stephen King cosmic spider routine where it's like, it's too weird for you to understand, so just don't even try. Yep. Then we have the Baku. The Baku is really interesting. It has the body of a bear head of an elephant, eyes of a rhino, which I'm like, how would you know it's different than an elephant? They're both pocketderms, but whatever. <laughs> Claws of a tiger, and it eats your nightmares. Yes. And so you're like, dude, this is my Come bro. Come live with me. Exactly. Keep that Freddy Krueger guy away. But if it's not full after your nightmares, it eats your hopes and dreams, and you walk through life like a shell of a person. Oh, like all of us? Fuck. <laughs> dude, that's a metaphor for the 21st century. Yep. Thanks, President 45. There's also a weird one. I don't remember what it was, but there's like one where a boy, a ghost boy lives in your attic and he lives there as long as your family is happy. And so you might hear noises, but it's actually like a good omen. But then if he leaves your house, it's because something terrible happened or is going to happen. And yeah, strange because you're like, oh, I'm supposed to be happy that there's this weird ghost boy living in my attic. That's bad. Yeah. Good. It's Casper. That's the Casper syndrome. Yeah. Not the mattresses, but if they want to sponsor us, I will say it's the Casper mattress syndrome. <laughs> you got the Tenebet, which is literally translates to the eye on the palm, which is the creature thing from Pan's Labyrinth. Yep. Dude, which is awesome design. Stolen. Yep. Motherfucker stolen. Uh, influenced. Yeah, right. <laughs> if you want what's called yokai taiji, which is a fable where a person overcomes yokai, there is so much literature on it. I personally, of course, had to read Usagi Yojimbo when it came to the yokai it's a super short story it's very fun i would recommend that we saw there's a a book called an introduction to yokai culture you and i both read the book of yokai yeah which was pretty fair i mean it's a good starting off point i think there's a lot more literature to be had there's a ton of movies there's a whole movie series that started off called yokai monsters two of them that i watched spook warfare and along with ghosts then you had watched the great yokai war 
So there is just it's rife with material on this. And I highly recommend if you like all of our research based episodes, if you like it, this is your starting off point. This isn't where you end. Oh, yeah. There is so many that I wanted to include, but we would be here for like 17 episodes straight just covering how many there are, even just the cool ones. Yeah. And we didn't even get into like the crazy hierarchy. So like. For instance, there's Kame, and I've heard people generalize it and say, oh, well, Kame are like good yokai, and yokai are like mischievous kind of things. Not the case at all. In the broadest terms, it's kind of correct, but in any kind of analysis, like a Kame is like a a god or a deity that is like it is exalted. These things are just what you encounter every day, but doesn't necessarily make them bad. Right. And in fact, some of them are bad only because they are conducting themselves in a way that with behaviors that are emblematic of humans. Yep. Because they are impersonating humans. Yeah. How weird. Yeah. And they change over time. So like we were talking about, even with the Kappa, like there's a time where they're happy and good, then they're rapey. And then they're, you know, now they're just super helpful and you know, kind of like even worshipped. There's just so many changes for like every single one of these. Yeah, it's definitely a change and shift as like the custom and practice perceives. Like Exactly. How people feel at the time will then influence your yokai. Exactly. And there's some where it's, you know, mischievous and it's like the one of the great ones I saw was the the mouth that makes sounds at the night when you're walking alone. Yeah. <laughs> right. I've seen it where it's meant to be absolutely terrifying and it's a, a sign of doom, death, sexual assault, all these things. But I've also seen it where it's drawn little kids cartoon where it's like an egg with a mouth and two stumpy legs that just follows you making noise and it's smiling the whole time because it's invisible and it's just playing a prank on you. Yeah. That's the same one. Yeah. It's very interesting. Yeah, it's it's insane because you, I don't know, I guess you just have to take it however you believe it and that's what makes it real for them. And honestly, like, it's just, kind of, it seems fun. Yeah. I, like, all the people who I saw interviews with, they, they got it. It's not real, but it's a fun way of viewing the world and it's interesting to see the way that Parable, you know, takes effect on people. It's, it's uh, all, all around, I think it's a very positive thing. Yeah, it's very interesting because you're kind of basically saying, how do you view this world? And you see all this stuff and you're just like, that's awesome. Like there's so much magical weirdness to it that it's interesting and exciting. And you look at some of it and you're like, oh man, capitalism's the devil. Like they were making card <laughs> games and stuff. But then when you look at it, like it's really not. And then you can see how things have been able to capitalize on this kind of mythology structure. Yeah. Like I said, even going to Super Sentai and stuff like that in exploiting that. But in the underlying yokai culture, it seems the first big thing is yokai watch. Even the original card game was more of a recreational thing, not a a collect, gotta have them all or anything like that. Right. Well, originally you're using this for entertainment as well. Like the ghost story thing. You don't got a TV. You don't have a lot of plays that you can go see. So you're basically making up all these stories and then you're doing a story night and telling it. It's pretty cool. Yeah, and Kabuki Theater was very expensive. Right. This is not something that you were just able to pick up and go as a farmer. That's like a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Exactly. So and if you're creative enough as a farmer, you can be like, I just saw this random yokai. And then you have a story that you can tell everyone and be kind of socially accepted. Yeah. There are so many that like were also talked about just like in fields of dead people that was always interesting. There's one tree that was like a Jokobo or Joko, whatever. I don't know. It's basically a giant vampiric tree that was on fields of dead people and it would just suck up all the blood and then become an evil vampiric tree. That's awesome. (laughs) So if you want to hear more stuff as far as yokai go, I'd be 
absolutely enthralled to do a battle of the yokai like we did the battle of the cryptids but we want to give you what you want so let us know if that's what you want if you want us to do native american folklore or the folklore of the klingon you let us know and we will try and find a way to not only do thorough research but make sure it's horror related we think this stuff speaks for itself some of the relationships obviously an egg that smiles a little bit tenuous when it comes to horror (laughs) when you factor in that same creature is also depicted as being a mouth breathing creep much like your michael myers you can kind of see where we're coming from as always, thank you so much for listening. I hope that you have taken the time to subscribe on any of the platforms. If you don't mind leaving us a review or using word of mouth to spread us, that would be just the best thing out of the world. Spreading us like labia is so pleasurable for you, for <laughs> us. It's just the greatest. <laughs> Please, you know, nothing compares to it. Honestly, we could pay for ads. We can do all that stuff. But just sending a message to your buddy saying, hey, you like dumb horror shit and you spend too much time in your car commuting, right? Well, you should listen to these idiots who complain about commuting when they finally get home (laughs) with their only pastime. So, yeah. Chad, anything you wanted to add to our great audience, our Patreon patrons, anyone? Thank you for all your support. And this stuff is interesting to me. And anyone that knew me in school and they basically were like, oh, I'm going to do a book report for a podcast would just think I was insane. So it's amazing that I'm willing to do that. Look how far you've come. <laughs> but it's, you know, that's the great thing. We want to make sure that we're giving you guys content. That's not just opinion. I mean, a lot of this is very analytical and we hope that we can give that to you. We hope and give you a starting off point so you could expand. And like I said, if there's something else you want us to touch on, let us know. We can always default to doing movie reviews, but we want to make sure that we're diversifying enough so that we're not just regurgitating. Chad, would you like to tell these people to go away for the week? Enjoy killing time until next week. For Chad, for myself, for Brian, who still has the butt squirt miraculously three <laughs> weeks Ooh, in a row. Dehydrated. My name is Jake, reminding you to go out there and do something you love. And remember that all work and no power play makes Jack a dull boy. I'm glad you all listened to that, because my wife just kindly advised that she is not listening to me in the slightest as I attempt my third intro to the hidden track for this week, which is Battle Against a True Samurai by Hugh Man, spelled H-Y-U-M-A-N. You can find his music on YouTube, where he has over 82,000 subscribers, which puts our paltry little following on that social media platform to just humiliation and shame also human has a patreon so if you like what you hear please consider supporting here is human with battle against a true samurai